0: Hello, my fellow warriors. Today, I've got another Warrior Circle episode, and I can't wait for you to hear it. My friend Dawn Ward is always a fountain of wisdom and perspective, and and we have a lot of fun talking about very serious topics. So Dawn is the founder of The Faith to Flourish. She's working on her book. She also co-authored one of my workbooks with me. She is a strong woman of faith and has also gone through a ton of challenges like most of us in this lifetime. So before I go any further, I want to introduce and say, welcome Dawn. Thank you. Well, I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. Well, I know you and I could talk about a million different things and can. this is why we can't get on the phone very often because basically our phones die, the batteries die. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> but I know, you know, it's kind of interesting that you and I thought about doing an episode and wondering what to talk about. And I think what's interesting is that what you landed on is un- was unexpected. And that's exactly what the topic is about. I had thought of different things that you might want to discuss, but you and I were really talking about how how do we handle it? Let me just do do a little lead in and then I'll let you go. How do we handle it when we have these control freak tendencies, like some of us do? And life goes and takes a big left turn, a right turn, a U-turn, just all of these unexpected situations. How do we handle them and what do they do to us and possibly for us? So, Dawn, first just kind of maybe give a little background if you want, and then let's talk about this topic. Well, again, thank you for having
1: me. And, you know, I think it the the topic kind of came up as you and I were just catching up recently and we were talking about all the changes and everything going on in our life and, you know, in both of our lives. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because life is always moving. It's always flowing. It's, you know, you never know what to expect with life. But if you're a control freak, And, you know, when we talk about the beast and we talk about the beast in my life, control freak, perfectionist, people pleaser, those were the control freak was the big one. And I think that went back to uh, feeling like I needed security and I needed to uh, have everything handled in life and figured out. And that's just kind of the way I grew up. I grew up in a home where my father was prone to excessive drinking and you know, there was just a very demanding uh, situation in that I always felt like I needed to try to stay one step ahead of what was going on in our house. So surprising, surprising, haha, is that, you know, I grow up and I think if I if I do everything just right and I get married and I have kids and I raise them to be good little law abiding uh, Christian boys and girls that we're going to have this perfect family. And that nothing is going to go wrong and we're, and it's just going to go smoothly. And of course that all fell apart right away. And, uh, you know, with, well, actually it was my second, my middle son, that was the first one that struggled with addiction. And then it turned out that, you know, after we kind of got him settled and he was in a good place, his older brother fell into it and so, or fell into it, whatever you want to call it. He, he got addicted first, um, after a surgery and so the pain pills and all of that. So right then and there, everything that I thought that, you know, life would look like if I put enough time and effort into it and studied all the right books and took the kids to church and put them in Christian school and all of that, I I thought everything would turn out and they would just be these great kids that would grow up and love God, love family, love the USA, have, you know, decent law abiding citizens and all of that fell apart. And so that is how. I kind of met you in the first place was because I was down on the mat and I was such a hot mess and I had tried all of my efforts. And in the process, I was the one that was falling apart and was just a basket case. And I just didn't want to live that way. You know, I just was tired of just worrying and constantly being upset and all of that. So finally, when I uh, came across your work and we got connected I was finally at that place where it was like, I know I need to change, but I don't know how, and I don't, I needed to give myself permission, but then I also needed the tools and the actions to be able to step out and make those changes. So I've been, you know, working on myself and learning how to stand up against the beast in my life and this control freak and all these other ones that I'm dealing with. And in the process, um, I, wrote a book with you. Like you said, we on uh, one of the workbooks we worked on together. And that came as a result of me just feeling in every single corner of your original workbook. I remember when we first met and I saw that book, <laughs> it warmed my heart. Yes. I mean, I, I worked it and I worked it and I worked it. And so just, we decided to write a faith version of it, a faith-based version of it as well. And I just really enjoyed it because it was everything that I had learned and that God had kind of put into me that I can now share with others through that workbook. And just, you know, it was part of the healing process and part of the journey too. So you think by the time I've uh, gone through your, you know, your classes, been part of the sisterhood, now the warriors of hope and all of that, you think that I would have had it all figured out and I would have this change and learning how to handle change and unexpected change all figured out. But the truth is, I don't. And that's why we need to keep coming back all the time and getting refueled and re-energized and reminded, you know, of the the actions and this battle plan that we need to be able to continue in life. And so I did start the ministry a few years ago called The Faith to Flourish. And, you know, out of it has come uh, several different uh, opportunities to help other people whose children are struggling or loved ones are struggling with addiction, or maybe they're just... um, caught in life, stuck in life, or they have uh, even life destructive behaviors, whatever it is. But I've had that opportunity to do that, which I'm really grateful for. But in the meantime, the reason we decided to have this discussion is because I would think that when change would come my way, I would handle it better. But I still am struggling with just uncertainty and that control freak beast. And so that's kind of why That's a, I wanted to lay that foundation before we got started that, hey, I'm not just um, talking about this stuff because I have it all figured out. I'm talking about this stuff because I'm a
0: work in progress too. Oh, really? I thought you were the only one and you're the only work in progress really out there. Aren't we all? <laughs> But you know what I was thinking about as you were talking about this, how, okay, you, you're stepping back from it going, well, you know, I should have figured out how to handle the unexpected because my life's been so full of unexpected situations uh your daughter also is on the autism spectrum she's an amazing young woman but uh-huh. that required a different amount of adult attention than you probably thought you ever would with any of your kids right so all three of your kids have had you know extra attention in their adulthood so but I, what I'm thinking is, is that what we do instead of us going, okay, I can handle the unexpected. We just take control of the next thing, or try right. to take control, right? Mm-hmm. So, do yeah. you feel like um, it, maybe you, we we did not talk about this, so I don't know what your answer will be, but do you think maybe that part of us diving into our career is okay? Now, this is something I can control.
1: Yes, I do, and I'll tell you, I along on our journey in life what happens is every time we think we have one thing figured out so that we can run to that for our security I because I am a person of faith I know that's God doing it he's going to shake that he's going to shake that ground underneath us and what I've realized I did to cope because I always needed to feel like I could take care of myself that I didn't have to rely on anyone else Um, A little backstory is even recently, my husband has also struggled with addiction to uh, pain medications, he's had numerous surgeries and gambling. And so that kind of got that rug got pulled out from underneath me, not quite a year ago. He's in a good place, we're in a good place. But like like you and I were talking about is when the trust is broken, you know, and so now... Everyone in my life, from my father, my brother, both of my sons and my husband have struggled in one form or another with addiction. So any of my, and even my mother, come to find out my mother, the reason why she was really struggling financially, especially towards the end of her life, was she had a gambling problem. And so when I look back, all the important people that were people that I should have been able to rely on, I should have been able to lean into a little bit. Not that I was expecting that they would be perfect or, you know, never make any kind of mistakes or anything, but they had such big problems of their own, right? They were just trying to figure their own stuff out or some didn't care. But the point was, is that they weren't stable. And so the only stability in my life is um, that I can really trust in 100% is God. But I still was trying to find in my own life those things that i could cling to that made me feel secure made me feel safe and you know made me feel like okay if the whole world falls apart around me i still have this and so as you were talking about the career uh that and, uh, and our careers and our finances and all of that that is something that i really pressed into and so i've been a worked in a medical office for 21 years now i've been in the medical field for 25 years as a licensed, um, esthetician. And so I've worked for the same practice. You know, I've had the stability of working for the same practice for all of these years and having a good uh, salary. And, and what happened to me was my earlier than I expected, my body has started to give out. And so I'm dealing, I'm off work even right now because of my wrist and my hand and just some problems with my Arm and mobility, and all of that. And now I'm having to step back and go, Whoa, you know, this is even something that I'm not sure, you know, if I can even, if I'll ever be able to go back. If I do go back, how long will it last for me? And so that type of a change occurs when you go from working, you know, 40 hours a week to just like, this is the longest I've ever been off in 21 years. And I've been off six weeks right now. And I've never ever missed work, you know, before. So it was, it's been a real challenge for me to say, whoa, you know, where, where does my confidence come from? Where, you know, does my identity come from? And what can I control if there's nothing left in my life to control right now, except my own responses to everything being out of
0: control? (laughs) Right. Isn't that, you know, you you and I said at the very beginning, I said, really, life should be expecting the unexpected. uh, Because I've met I think there's been one person and I haven't spoken to her in a while. I should go back and look her up and see if it's still going this way. I literally, at one point, I think I may have mentioned it in my first book. I knew exactly one person whose life seemed to be going as planned. You know, I'm going to have a boy first. and It's going to be named this and I'm going to have a girl. And then they'll this, and Like everything seemed to be, but that was one of everyone I've ever met in my entire life. So I know,
1: and you and you do meet those people. And because they're exception the the exception, but also because social media and how it presents that everything is just so perfect in everyone else's life but yours, you start to feel like, well, gosh, what's wrong with me? I should have a better handle on all of this.
0: Yeah, because we're not seeing the whole story. That's the the truth of it. But I was wondering when you were talking about this, I was wondering, you know, the addiction around you and I was wondering, is it fair for us to say that us going into control freak mode and trying to handle and control everything, isn't that some sort of an addiction in a way? It definitely is.
1: So, my brother and my sister's response to my father's drinking and being raised in an alcoholic home was my brother turned to food and he became, he eventually got to the point where he weighed 800 pounds. And so, his became a food addiction my sister uh, also had an eating disorder where she had bulimia and anorexia so they were very young and the only thing they could control in their life was food and for me because i was the oldest i got in the place of trying to control the home environment so dad wouldn't come home and be upset and drink and mom wouldn't be upset because dad was going to come home and be upset and drink And so I was trying constantly to, you know, keep them in check and keep them from fighting and all of this. So these were habits that were instilled in me whenever I felt like there was any kind of insecurity or my world was shaking. And it was what I went to. It was my coping mechanism. And if everything just temporarily felt like it was stable and safe and just in my own little mind controlled, then that was kind of like my drug of choice. It would make me feel like I could just let down for a little bit. And so that became a coping mechanism, just like anyone else would struggle with an addiction. And it would be a food addiction or a substance addiction. There's also behavioral addictions. And I think that this could fall into that category. It might not be gambling and it might not be pornography or whatever, but definitely we have to look inside ourselves and say, how do I cope? What is the thing I run to when it just seems like there's chaos around me and I need to gain control or I, mean, I need to feel calm or I need to feel peace or I need to feel safe, you know, whatever
0: those things are that
1: we feel like we need to feel like we're okay in the world.
0: Right. And then when it's all shaken, you have to figure out, okay, so, and especially for you being a woman of such faith from such an early age, then you look at yourself and say, am I being faithful when I need these specific things in order for me to feel peace Right. or to feel you know, more connected to God or whatever it is. And then, you know, I'm sure you've sat and thought, okay, God, so this is you shaking up the workplace Mm -hmm. situation, the last place where I really feel like I have some control. Right. Is it just a coincidence or is he in there trying to teach me something? I think he is definitely trying to teach me
1: surrender. And so in the past, every, and this is still an ongoing issue, but I've been working through this for a long time. I think this career thing and this injury and not being able to trust my physical body and not being able to trust that the security of finances isn't going to shift. um, But I think all the way along this journey, each time, you know, whether it's been going through it with my son or going through with my other son or my daughter and the autism or my husband or whatever it is that each time he's trying to kind of get me to let go a little bit more and and surrender a little bit more so when you're a control freak what happens is your your desired outcome of that situation is your goal so if that doesn't turn out to be you know because there's no nothing you can do about it so that desired outcome doesn't happen that is the hardest thing for a control freak so surrender is saying i'm going to do you know, what I can in my power to, you know, handle this positively and have a positive attitude and stuff. But if you know what hits the fan and I, and it doesn't turn out any way at all, like what I thought it would be, can I be okay with that? And that's where, you know, that's where God says, Hey, look, do you trust me really? Or you just,
0: is it all talk? And um, boy, that's where the rubber, the, the faith rubber really meets the road, huh? It does. And you know,
1: Okay. So when you talk about the roller coaster from hell, the thing I think about with roller coasters is every roller coaster I've ever been on, it kind of has, well, it always has just a limit. You know, it has a start and a finish and there may be some loops and some crazy things going on between the beginning and the end, but it's somewhat predictable. So I feel like the roller coaster from hell is that you take a roller coaster and you put it into like a Pinball machine or something, you know, yeah. <laughs> or into a dryer or something was just flopping around in there, and you, there's no expected outcome. And so you would think that after I've had, I've gone through this throughout my entire life, this addiction thing throughout my entire life, that when a new scenario plays out or shows up or it's unexpected, you know, we're, we're moving along. We think we're doing okay. And we think we've got every possible scenario figured out and how we and how I would handle it. That's what a control freak would do is they would uh, be hypervigilant and kind of play out the different scenarios and say, okay, well, if this happens, this is what I do. And if this happens, this is what I do. But the truth of the matter is it's history only repeats. itself, it doesn't repeat itself exactly. It might have, you know, it might have some similarities, but again, as much as I believe there's a God, I believe that there's a beast and, you know, a devil, and he's really good at outwitting us and catching us off guard and you know throwing a new curveball our way and as much as i have been uh, exposed from with my children with addiction from the time my younger son was 17 and he is almost you know he just turned 34 so 17 years of this i have i can't say that there's ever been a time that it has been exactly the same as the time before
0: of course and, not and then you know i was thinking about with your husband too Mm -hmm. You know, if there's anything that you don't want to talk about, feel free to tell me to close my mouth, but um, you did bring that up. So I was just thinking about the difference, not, not to bring anything up or pick on anybody, but I was thinking about the difference between you having 17 years of experience, even though they were all different with a, they're not children with an adult Mm -hmm. child, how different that is from this experience with your husband because the two of you are a great team, are still a great team, and right. you're fighting that whole thing and those unexpected situations together, and I think that the trust being broken from a son or daughter is totally different than a spouse, and so this one that got thrown at you was, what well, I don't know how much different, but very different.
1: It is going it is it with because, one of your sons. Yeah, and my tendency is to become. Um, you know, to put my guard up and protect myself because that's that pattern that I grew up with was protect yourself because no, no one else is going to do what it. Take care of yourself because no one else is going to do it. What do you mean
0: by that? So I,
1: uh, I just tend to, you know, be suspicious and be, Well, I think um, that's pretty normal. Yeah. And just be, and, but then it it impacts, let's just say right now, when I'm dealing with a hand, and you know, I'm realizing, gosh, I'm not as young as I used to be. and my days in this career are numbered. It might be you know, that I don't go back to it. It might be a few more years, but I don't have that much longer left with it. And after you've worked someplace for as many years as I have and you have the salary you have, you know, making that change um in, into whatever it is that's next um is is a really hard thing. Well, normally, I would retreat to that. I would just concentrate on, focusing on my patients and focusing on doing a great job at work and just keeping that thing safe so that, uh, you know, if anything, if everything else fell apart, Hey, I've got my job, I can take care of
0: myself. And uh, you know, that's probably where I would put my focus. And now you can't do that. So where is your focus now? Obviously you're a human being And those thoughts are in your mind and you do have to make plans and have goals and come up with other options. I don't really think God expects us to lay in bed and he's going to pick us up and brush our teeth and get us dressed and move us down the road. I mean, we have to do something. So I think that's normal. But as far as your your energy and everything, have you been able to be different from other times?
1: Well, so in the past, um, I've, you know, worked on the book with you. Right now, I'm currently writing my book that should be published at the end of the year, and it's called From Guilt to Grace.
0: That's great. And,
1: yeah. And it's uh, freedom and healing for Christian moms of addicted children. I just decided to write, write to the heart of the moms that that God's had me ministering to, you know, for these last yeah, four or five years. Yeah, that's fantastic. Kind of that's a
0: great title and subtitle. And
1: yeah, I finally, uh, finally got some help with that. I'm so excited. And then I am you know, still working on some courses and things like that, that I have never really launched because I have been working a 40 hour a week job that you know, is pretty tiring. And then I have had all this other stuff going on in my personal life, but I have continued to work towards it. I've never stopped, um, you know, putting my time and effort into the vision that I believe I'm going to be stepping into at some point. And so, you know, that kind of God saying to me here, here's this desire. This is what you've gone through. You want to make meaning from this madness. You want uh, you know, which is what it's all about, right, is, is taking and making some helping somebody else out of the what we've gone
0: through. Sure. And so I've been working towards that. But I do Don, can I interrupt you for a second? Yeah, do you think that that you would have? And maybe you haven't yet. But do you think that if things had kept going, and you didn't your hand didn't get hurt? And you know, everything's just going along. And obviously, time is an issue. You only have so yes. much time. But I wonder if, as far as the belief in what you're doing and all that, if that really happens during, while while we have a safety net, or do we have, because I feel like that happened with me, pull the, or does someone, someone we know who, pull the safety net out and say, jump? That is exactly where a control freak has a problem. Of course. Yes. Okay. So
1: yeah, in my world. I would have managed and, and this is so I'm so glad you asked this question for any of those that are of your listeners that are out there today. Now that I have been off for six weeks, I realized that I got to a place where what I was doing, working 40 hours a week and then trying to work on this, you know, the writing and all the and the the mission, um, the, the support group and all the different things yeah. um, that it was unsustainable. And maybe even something I could have done uh, three or four years ago, I can't anymore. And this is what you're talking about with this limited time and, you know, getting a little bit older and all of this is like the Lord was saying, well, and, you know, in my heart, he was saying to me, I, you know, I've been preparing you, I've been preparing you, but now you have to step out. And I think the control freak in me just didn't want to take the plunge because she wanted that safety net. You know, she wanted to know that, hey, everything's going to work out okay. And that's the type of changes that occur in our life when we don't know, you know, how is this all going to play out? I know God is faithful. I know he never abandons his children, but we don't often know. We, we only see in part, you know, and so sometimes we think we have it all
0: figured out, but then it doesn't turn out to look like anything at all, like what we imagine. Well, okay. You mentioned this earlier, and I think that's the key to the whole thing. So what if you say, okay, I'll jump. You put, you really have that much faith. And then the thing turns out to be completely different. Not, okay, I'll I'll jump and then we'll have this outcome together, God, wink, wink, right? Right. What if we jump, we link arms and he goes, nope, I'm pulling you over here. We're going in a completely different direction. So the key isn't it to not just be okay, but to be good in that place that doesn't look anything like you thought it would. So stay tuned, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Or to even get excited about it. Have you ever had those moments where you think, I have no idea what I'm doing? What if this thing doesn't look anything like all my stuff on the wall and the papers I've written and the notes I've taken and the plans I've made? What if it all looks different? But what if it's something it even cooler than you planned?
1: Right. And that has been a has been a big deal for me because. You know, I spoke with somebody a while back and she really has just discernment and she's got, a you know, kind of a gift of just discernment and being able to see what's going on in people's lives. And she told me that she said, you know, God is still kind of pulling back the layers of the onion in your life. He's still doing work on you. And. You know he's preparing you, and I didn't really want to hear it because I'm thinking to myself, I'm 60 years old. How much more does he have to put me through? <laughs> oh God, I can so. <laughs> <relate to that. laughs> how much more? But now I can see the things that I did, and they were blind spots. I didn't even know that I was, you know, looking to my work for security. And let, and just kind of a back note on that is, you know, I've I've worked for them for many years. Now I've gotten older. Now they realize they can you know, hire a couple of other pe- employees for the same price as me. And I don't have that security that I used to have um, in my job. There's still, you know, I'm still showing well, up until six weeks ago, I was still showing up to work and um, everyone was, you know, just going about business as usual. But these changes that had occurred, you know, with this conversation with them and everything really showed me, like I stepped back a little bit and I said, "Don, you know, just because you were secure maybe 10 years ago or five years ago or two years ago, your security cannot be in your career because I'm getting older and things are changing and the world is changing and the needs of companies are changing and we're very disposable anymore. And so any of us who felt like, hey, you know, I've never def- I guess you're always replaceable, right? There's always someone who yeah. can replace you in your in your in life, in your job, whatever. And that was I knew it, but I didn't know it until I had to experience it. And so now I'm at that place where. I'm finally saying, you know, whatever it looks like, whatever all of this looks like, if you know, the hand injury, uh, if I go back to that career, if I don't go back to that career, I just want to be uh, where I know that God has me, which I do, and that I'm not just struggling and stressing and worrying about it and trying to fix it, but I can just let it go and do what I can do and then leave the rest up to him. And when you wrestle with a control freak beast, he's going to do everything he can to trick you, trap you, and keep you constantly in a state of hypervigilance and always trying to you know, kind of make sure that that bad thing doesn't happen that you're afraid of, that the boogeyman doesn't get you, or that if he does get you, you know how to get out, you know, you know how to get him into like an American arm bar and get away from him or something.
0: Yeah. You and... know, what's interesting about, I always say that our beasts they're really not that creative or clever. They're not creative. They don't have that many tricks up their sleeve. Really their mm-hmm. arsenal's small, but they're clever. Yes, It's well-timed, but I feel like sometimes I kind of think to myself, really, come on, Valerie, you're not a stupid person. You're going to fall for that again. And that's what Isn't, we do, right? We fall for the same thing over and over and over. We do. We do. And, and there'll
1: probably be a part two to this when when I have a little bit more, a few more answers. But, you know, I just, there's a, a favorite verse of mine. It's in Jeremiah 29, 11, And it says, yes, I love it. Yeah. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope and a future. And so he has all these plans, and he's not necessarily making us privy to all of them. But we can trust that even if it doesn't look or feel like what we thought it was supposed to look or feel like, doesn't turn out the way we thought it it should. And look at your situation, you know, with your daughter. And so life can turn out everything
0: in my life. Nothing's the way I thought it was going to be. Nothing. Nothing
1: is the way. But yet we can believe and hope and trust in that God loves us and his plans for us are good and that he you know, we're just seeing in part, but he's seeing, he sees the big picture and we can trust him for the final, but he's going to get us where we're going.
0: I think that's the problem, Don. It's like being at a company where, you know, you're one of the worker bees and the CEO, and there is up there making all these plans and you want to knock on his door and go, can you tell me what's going to happen? And how's it all going to go? And he's going, who are you? You work in what department, you know, right. <laughs> go with the flow here. But you know what I was thinking about some, when some, you said something earlier, and I kind of wanted to Just get your thought on it because you said, okay, well, so God's dealing with me on this issue where I had to, I had a need for security with my job and all that. And so he's dealing with me. But I also think that when we get prepared for something, it's not necessarily fixing something. It's not always just all this stuff that we've got to get fixed. Preparation can also be taking us to new heights and new levels and opening up a and not uh, talents and that we didn't even know we had. You know, you're really right about that because
1: I was at the physical therapist the other day and they have these little gadgets that they have you work on with your hands, you know, to get your fine motor skills and coordination and use some of those small muscle groups and all of that. And a lot of them look like mazes and puzzles and I don't like mazes and I don't like puzzles. And so I don't know why I don't like mazes and I don't like puzzles, but I just don't. And I know people who love Sudoku and all of that. Oh, I'm addicted and- to it. <laughs> I know. And and I just, and I don't. And so I was telling I go like, I like it when you just give me the ball of Play-Doh and I just squeeze it because it doesn't require a
0: lot of depth. <laughs> well, maybe your brain needs a break.
1: <laughs> yeah. But I really honestly think it's just that control freak in me. That's like, I don't want to do this thing and then not be able to figure out, solve this puzzle. Oh, I see. Yeah. You know, that I think it's something like that instead of just letting go and enjoying the process. And so when I was a kid, I never really liked those corn mazes that you went in and you couldn't, you know, see your way around, but a lot, or hay barrel mazes. A lot of people really like going into mazes, but I never did because I just didn't know what was waiting around the next corner, if it was going to be a roadblock or whatever. And, but I think we need to learn how to just enjoy the journey, you know, and understand that the process of what we're going through is growing us and strengthening us and that you're actually strengthening your faith by not knowing if you have all the answers all the time, you don't have, you have no reason to have any faith and right. you have no reason to have any trust. And you know, have, you have no reason to, to step out and jump off that, you know, that cliff, not knowing what's down below. And, but knowing that God said he'll catch you. So it's one, you know, so that is where, yes, I think the way that we prepare ourselves is to, to recognize those weaknesses and challenge ourselves. So for me, the next time I go back to physical therapy, I'll tell her to go ahead and give me the little, the little <laughs> puzzle thing. And stick me in a corn maze too. <laughs> I'm like, get that Rubik's cube out of here.
0: <laughs>
1: I'm going to mail you a Sudoku book.
0: <laughs> well, you know what? I have to tell you how proud I am of you because a true control freak, one who wasn't in recovery, would never offer to come on a podcast and talk about a topic they didn't have figured out right so it's think of how I don't have anything
1: in life figured out these days and I and I <laughs> well you know I, what? I always
0: say I I thought I'd know a lot more by this age than I do
1: mm-hmm.
0: but I I honestly think though that that shows such tremendous growth because seriously I mean if you were in tr- full on control freak mode, you would you'd want to talk about something you had all the answers for here, here, do this, right. do that. So I really think it's commendable. And I, I think it's important for us to be transparent like this, because when you do have people that are watching you and following you and using your resources and tools and advice or whatever, and they come to that same conclusion you mentioned earlier, like with social media, and we have that thought that everyone else's life seems all together. Right. When somebody looks at somebody like you who leads the faith to flourish and you are such a strong woman of faith, they can often feel like I can never get where she is because it's too far out of reach. And so I appreciate that you're willing to come and be real and transparent and honest going, well, stay tuned for the next chapter, Val, you know? that's true. <laughs> so that show that shows tremendous growth and I think Thank it also you. gives people hope too that they can be strong women or men of faith and still have those tendencies and still be working through it. Right. And I think and and that's what I was saying about like if we were just if everything
1: was always so predictable we wouldn't all we wouldn't be on a constant journey right of of growing in our faith and uh, and for me, I, I'm just at that point where it's robbing me, you know, like always being worried about the net, my next move and how to help everyone in my life that is struggling. And I've already figured out that I cannot be in control of all their stuff. Now, what I'm trying to do is go- kind of take it a little bit deeper and say, you know, God, show me why I'm responding this way and what I can do, like you were saying, to be, a, you know, to be proactive. In, prep, in preparing so that when these things come my way, whether it's um, totally unexpected, whatever it is, is totally unexpected. I'm not going to say that I'm going to not fall apart in the moment, but that you know, you just get, you don't get to that point where you feel as though I'm somehow a failure or whatever, because I, you know, shouldn't have responded this way, or I should have been able to figure out how to keep this from happening because that's just not how life works. And so the you know the sooner we realize that we're responsible for ourselves and we're responsible for, you know the our own peace of mind and we're responsible to uh, find a way to have joy in life and to and you know and to actually embrace life and the heartache and the you know the the tears that are good and the tears that are heartbreak that we can that they they can go together and we can still have happy and joyful lives and lives that are peaceful. And so that's, you know, where I'm at at this point in my life. And even if I don't have any of the answers, I want to have that joy and that peace. And and that's the most important thing to me.
0: Well, I think that you have a lot more answers than you think, because I felt inspired throughout this entire episode and I don't come away thinking, oh gosh, she doesn't have it figured out. I come away with a lot of hope and, um, just your, your resilience and your resolve and your faith. It's very, very strong. And I so appreciate you coming and talking to me about this topic. And I was just thinking that I should have you on here more often because I think there are a lot of different topics that we can discuss. So if you want to come back, I would love for you to do that. And certainly if you wanted to come back and share some of your new book and, We'll have you come back before it gets published so people can learn more about what you're doing with that. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I always enjoyed coming on and talking with you. Okay, Dawn, thank you again. And um, we will just stay connected because I'm sure my listeners would love to have you back. So let's have you back in another you know, month or so and we'll come up with, I have a feeling we can come up with something to talk about.
1: We sure will.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know what though? We're not gonna tell them because- They need to expect the unexpected. There we go. (laughs) Okay, thanks again. Have a great night, Dawn. Thank you. Okay, love you. Love you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. I will see you next time. And in the meantime, if you want to jump into Warriors and Hope and get access to free resources and check out all of our other coaching and resources, go to warriorsandhope.com. Whatever you're going through, know that you are not alone. I'm standing right there with you and alongside you as you stand up and learn how to fight, how to become a warrior in hope.